Live from Austin, Texas, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cofield and Associates. For over 20 years, specializing in Oracle application delivery. Hey folks, we're back after a long sabbatical. Um, we got TK Mavs on the line here, and we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of sports to talk about. How's it going, Tanner? Oh, it's going great. Yeah, I'm coming from beautiful Tucson, where the weather is starting to get from cool to warm, but the sun is shining, so I'm excited to talk about all the sports madness that's been going on these past few months. Yeah, we've got a we've got a lot to cover, um, uh, folks. Um, let's see. Let's 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 start it off. We we were gonna do a MLB picks show, but you know, just time time kind of ran out. But uh, let let's let's go over. I know the season's already started, but let's let's put it on record who who we think is gonna win in the American League, National League, and the World Series. Sure. Uh, Tanner, who do you got? In the American League, I have the Houston Astros. I think that they have the most talent, and most importantly, they have the most depth. If you look at their lineup, if you look at their pitching, they are just stacked. Like they have the most talent of any team. I think the Red Sox were really good last year, but I think they definitely relied a lot on, I think, um, some key pieces that I don't know are going to perform as well this year. And I think they're playing in the AL East, which is really tough this year. I mean, the Rays have got off to just an absolutely poorest start. The Yankees will be good. The Red Sox will be good. So I think those teams are going to beat each other up over the course of the year. And I think the Astros are going to pretty easily sail to an AL West. And I expect the Houston Astros to come out of the American League. All right. Yeah, I was tempted to go with the the Astros too, um, but I don't know. I'm I'm believing in believing in the the Blue Jays. I mean, they've got, really? Yeah, yeah. They've. I mean, last year they surprised with 90 wins. Um, you know, they've made some some excellent trades. I mean, they got a quite a haul back uh, when they traded Archer to the Pirates, and they have. Um, seven out of the top hundred um, prospects are are Blue Jays. So I think, uh, you know, later on in the year they can be fortified with with some some um, some younger players. I think with the Yankees injuries, the Red Sox coming back, I think they're they are going to take the AL East. And uh, do you mean the Blue Jays or the Rays? I'm sorry, <laughs> the Rays. Yeah, I was shocked yeah. for a second. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked too. I'm, I'm talking the Rays. Yes, not the Blue Jays. Sorry, Toronto fans. Well, I, I, I like that pick. I was tempted by the Rays too. I think there's a lot to like, um, and I just think it would be how sweet after the Yankees and Red Sox would spend so much money building these super teams if the Rays could come in and win the. East, so I would certainly love to see the Rays win the um, win the elite, and I definitely think the Astros and the Rays will both make the playoffs, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the ALCS this year. Yeah, I agree. I think the so far it's looking like the Rays and the Astros are are 
you know, clearly the two best teams in the AL. I think the National League is more stacked. Um, you look at the power ratings on SI and ESPN, you, you have more more of the top teams are, are in the National League. Who do you like in the National League? Oh, the National League is a very difficult to predict. Um, part of me wants to go with the Dodgers just because I think their consistency and they're a well-rounded um, team, but I just think in baseball it's hard to make three runs through the playoffs. I just think too many things can go wrong. Um, I think I'm going to say the Brewers. Um, I think they were one of the few teams where I really felt like went out and tried to improve their uh, roster over the last year. Um, I think that they have a lot of talent. I think their pitching and bullpen will be stout. Like they came close last year, and I think they'll finish the deal this year. I was tempted to look at the Phillies. I think they have a great lineup, but I think they still need a few more pieces on the uh, pitching staff for me to pick them. But I expect in the next few years they'll go out and uh, and be ready to compete. Uh, but I think they're going to need just a few more years to kind of put everything together. All right. Yeah, so I... Also was tempted by the Dodgers. Man, Bellinger is just off to towards start. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, their closer, though, is, has been struggling. So so I know it's early. I mean, that's a, that's a concern. I'm actually going to take, take the Phillies. And I know that they're a little short on pitching. But I think their owner is committed to spending some ser- serious dollars. So I do see them, you know, acquiring – an arm or two at the trade deadline. I wouldn't be surprised if they they uh, sign Kimbrel or Gio Gonzalez here in the next next week or two. Um, so I know the National League East is is pretty difficult, um, but I do see I do see the the Phillies. I love their lineup. Uh, Harper or Milcho, um, just they're just stout. Um, so I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go with the Phillies to slug their way to the National uh, League pennant. So you have the Astros and Brewers, and I have I have the Rays, not the Blue Jays, <laughs> and Phillies. Um, so, the Rays and Phillies that'd be a rematch of the 2008 World Series. Yeah. So who do you who do you have in the Astros Brew Crew? I would say Astros in five. I still think the Astros are the best team in the league. I think Correa, our two base, seem to be having bounce back years. Um, I think they have the most depth. So yeah, so I'm going to say Astros in five. All right, and I'll take I'll take the uh, Rays in seven over the. Well, that would be awesome. Yeah. I'd love to. Love to see a Rays World Series championship, and hey, the Rangers aren't off to a bad start at ten and eight. They lost to the Astros last night, but definitely looking like positive signs in their uh, lineup. Their pitching still makes me scared, but there's a bit of optimism in a Rangers land where you know like, this lineup could be uh, pretty good, and if they can get some pitchers up from their system over the next few years, maybe in the next two or three years, we could see once again a Rangers team that can compete. So where do you see them finishing this year? I still think they're a 70 to 
going to, as far as my team, the Mets, um, I, I'm really concerned about their pitching. DeGrom went on the injured list with an elbow. They have the worst fifth starter in the league in Vargas. And Mats was shelled his last start. Thor has been shaky. Wheeler's been shaky. It's it's been surprising because the Mets actually have been scoring runs, but uh, you know finally they have a season where they have a decent lineup, but their their pitching staff is is very shaky. So I'm unfortunately the Metsies I see I see them also fourth. I think they're going to win win 80, 80 games though. I think the National League East is probably the best balance, except for the Marlins, the best balance elite um, division in baseball. Um, but unfortunately I see the Mets pitching staff and bullpen unless, unless they make some acquisitions here soon. And I, I think that's going to hold them back. Come on, Matthews. <laughs> All right. Now moving, moving to a league where it's a little easier to pick the national basketball association. So what do you what do you say, Tanner? Do you uh, are you going chalk, or are you gonna pick a surprise surprise winner? I'm going chalk. I think the Warriors. I mean, I know they just had some injuries in the playoffs, but I mean, I just don't know. I just can't see an area where a team in the West can beat them. Um, in the East, I like the Milwaukee Bucks, the resurgent Milwaukee Bucks with that young core. Um, I'll say Milwaukee Bucks, Golden State Warriors, NBA Finals with the Warriors winning in five games. Yeah, I have the same. I have. I also have the Warrior Warriors and Bucks. Um, I do give the Bucks a slight chance against the Warriors, but I, the Warriors are too deep, too talented. Um, yeah, you know, too much experience in the in the finals. Um, you know, I'd like to give the Rockets and and Blazers a shot. Yeah. But unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, yeah, James Harden definitely seems like a man on a mission, but I agree. Just the way the league is set up now, and some of the scores in the early rounds of the playoffs have been pretty incredible. Teams <laughs> scoring 130, 125. It's just tough that. Will will defense ever make a return to the NBA? Yeah, it uh, that that is a good question. It's definitely not uh, like the 1990s when you had the Rockets and the, the Knicks playing defense, and and you know games were won in the 80s or low 90s. It's it's definitely it's definitely changed. These guys are the athletes today are incredible. The way that um, oh yeah. You know, Stephen Curry can just nail, rain down threes. Here's the final quick NBA question for you. Which do you think is a better run organization, the New York Knicks or the New York Jets? Ooh. That is a good question. I mean, you have you have two of the worst owners in the history of New York and James Dolan and Woody Johnson. And put it this way, um, 
I will say the Knicks are are in a slightly better spot than the Jets, and only because Woody's Woody's brother is actually not 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 too bad. But Woody is eventually going to come come back from his ambassadorship to the Jets, and he will just like he screwed up England with the whole Brexit mess. He is going to screw up the Jets again. So. I will say that the Knicks have a better better future and are are better run than, uh, than the Jets. Two two clown shows. <laughs> all right, so let's move it to a league that of all the leagues of all the four major sports leagues, this one is the most difficult to predict. The the NHL. Um, do you want me to take this first? Sure, go for it. Okay. So, you know, I'm an Islanders guy, and I want to pick, I want to pick the uh, Islanders or the Capitals, but um, I think that the Columbus um, Blue Jackets, you know, they've really, they've really hit their stride. They they were hot over the last 13 games. They got um, Duchesne um, in the trade deadline. Um, they've got Torts. Fabulous coach, I, you know the way that they they took down uh, Tampa Bay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, Columbus, and you know um, the West is the West is confusing. Um, who to pick? I'd like to pick the Blues. I pick the Blues every year, but they always disappoint. So I'm gonna say the Golden Knights of Vegas are gonna return return to the Stanley Cup. And I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna take Columbus over over the Golden Knights. Yeah, the NHL playoffs certainly are fun, but that was shocking with the Lightning. Yeah, uh, so that's that's um, I love watching basketball, but the one thing I I you know reason why I follow hockey more than basketball is because you're not gonna see Golden State lose to uh you know an eighth seed in four in four straight games i mean that that doesn't happen in basketball yeah <laughs> and you yeah. You're, you're not going to see uh like in hockey a, a columbus that's an eighth seed and i'm picking them to win win the cup now yeah i mean you're not when is when are you ever going to see an eighth seed oh, yeah. in, in the that's nba cool. win well very true yeah well my pick, and I would put the disclaimer that I'm not a avid hockey follower, so I would urge any K and A sportscast listeners to not place any bets based on my prediction. But the Islanders, they they seem, you know, from the little bit of a series I watched against the Penguins, they're quite a tough, gritty team. That is, um, and I think the East now that the Lightning are gone is wide um, open. Anyone could win. Um, Certainly think the Maple Leafs. It seemed like they're in a tough fight with the Bruins. Um, but I'll, I'll pick the Islanders. And then in the West, I'll go with the. They're in a tight battle with the Nashville Predators right now. But why not the Dallas Stars? Wow, that'd be fun. Islanders say Goon is quite the score, and I think that'd be a fun series. But I'll, I'll stick up for. My old man's team, and I'll say the Islanders will lift the cup this year. Oh man, that would be sweet. A lot of good memories when I was a kid with the Islanders and the four cups. 
All right, moving to the Premier League in the United States of America, the National Football League. All right. All right. So, Tanner, you have any thoughts? We have, uh, I think we'll go through the, the first five teams, and we'll go through your, your beloved Cowboys and my Hawks. So we have the Cardinals up first, 49ers, Jets, Raiders, and Bucks. Any any thoughts, any uh, predictions you have on the, those first five picks? I guess just what a difference each draft can make because the quarterback field in this class is so different than the one in the last class. I think the most interesting are Dwayne Haskins and Kyle uh, Murray. Um People have seem really divided on them. I've seen some mock drafts that have Murray being a top five pick, and then I've seen others that don't have him going until 15th or 16th. Um, so I'm really interested to see which team will take a chance on him. And um, Haskins, I think the Giants will definitely do the Giants drafting one of these two. Um, but I don't know. It's so tough to tell. I like. I think I like Haskins more. I think I would rank Haskins as the top quarterback in the draft. Um, I know Ohio State has a history of not producing great NFL quarterbacks, but I think he's good, and I think he has the size and athleticism to be a good NFL QB. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him going to the Giants. Um, and then, of course, there's. There's rumors, will the Cardinals draft one of these QBs and then use them as trade? Um, that would certainly be an interesting situation because they obviously have drafted just uh, drafted a um, QB. So if they draft one and then try to trade him for other, for other parts, I think that would be a unique um, strategy. Um, and then the Jets, most mock drafts I've seen them having um, have them going with Josh um, uh, 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 but I don't know who they'll draft um, either but it seems like this year it's all about the, the um, it's all about the position players, the linemen um, so I don't know for the Cowboys they don't have a first round pick but I would expect them to add either depth in the uh, secondary or the uh, defensive line yeah, what would you do if you were the Cardinals? So you have Josh Rosen. You have the number one pick. Uh, the um, the thought out there is that Kyle Murray is more of a fit in in Kingsbury's um, offense. Do you do you draft Murray and trade Rosen, or do you? I keep, would. Yeah, I I, I think that's that's what's going to happen. What and then. What would you uh, What would you ask for Rosen? I think you could ask for a lot. Um, I still be be a leave in him. I think he has the intellect to be a good QB. And I think we're in just such an era where teams are starved for a QB. You have to have a good one to a win. I mean, we just saw your man. We'll talk about this in a bit. The contract that he got. Um, I think teams are willing to overbid great. Uh, Q, uh, B in this time and age. I think they could ask for A a lot. I agree. I think you have to at least get get a number one pick and then probably a, a late round pick for Rosen. And the reason you look at Rosen compared to the other quarterbacks that are in the draft, 
Uh, I could make the argument that Kyle Murray um, is a better prospect than Rosen. But other than Kyle Murray, when you compare him to Dwayne Haskins or um, uh, some of the uh, uh, Drew Locke or some of the other quarterbacks, I, I would uh, take Rosen. So then the question is, who's going to be a trade partner? I could see the Giants, uh, Broncos, um, you know, even if, you know, even a Tampa Bay, if they, they've given up on Winston, but yeah, that it's good. It's, it's as always, it's going to be an intriguing draft. Well, it's a great time to be a quarterback in the, um, and if, and the, cause you are going to be paid no matter what now. And I, I, I agree with you. I, um, see Kyle Murray going number one and then then you have three elite elite defensive linemen and Nick Bosa, Josh Allen and Quinton Williams and I kind of see it in that order I think the 49ers will go for Nick Bosa who um, you know outstanding good pedigree um, the injury is the only concern but uh, from all reports he's he's healed up I think the Jets will go with with Josh Allen um, they haven't had an, an edge rusher like that since Mark Gastineau. And then I see uh, Gruden taking who could be the best best player in the in the draft, Quinton Williams. I mean, he he is an absolute beast. And I do I see the Bucks. Um, this is this is intriguing. I, I I guess they they still believe in Winston. So um, I th- I think uh, I'm going to go with a surprise pick of Ed Oliver. The, defensive tackle out of really yeah he's oliver's um small but as um uh aaron donald uh, john randall have proven you know small quick defensive tackles um you know in today's nfl um can be quite successful so um there's a he i see him in mock drafts all over from anywhere from five down to maybe Maybe mid mid teens, um, but I th- I think he's he I'd be I'm not going to be surprised if he he goes much earlier than people suspect. So that's why I have him number five. And as far as the Hawks, um, yeah, I think I think that they're gonna they're gonna trade out. There's a lot of trade out of the number one pick. If they stay there, I could see them taking uh, like a greedy Williams, a cornerback, or maybe an edge rusher and Brian Burns, but. You know, knowing the Hawks, they always seem to trade down, and um, they only have four picks. So I really think with all the edge rushers up that will be available at 21, I think some team is going to give the Hawks a couple picks to for the Hawks to move down into the second round. Well, I've always liked these predictions, but it seems like the last few years there's always been a trade or something fun that's gone on during the first few rounds. I'm hoping for that this year. Um, and where did you say it was? It's in Nashville this year? Yep, it's in Nashville. Wow. Yeah, and I can't remember if next year is in Vegas. But yeah, this year's in, in Nashville. I kind of like it. You know, as a, as a New York New York boy, um, I, I, I loved the draft being in the 
Rockefeller Center music uh, hall, but uh, I think it's been good for the NFL to create, it's maintain the interest in the draft by moving it from city to city. Yeah. Well, here's to a happy NFL draft for all our teams. Absolutely. So, any other thoughts on on the major sports leagues before we get into our listener questions? Any other thoughts? Let's see. I don't know if it's a major U.S. sports league, but who do you think will finish on top of the Premier League? Manchester City or Liverpool? Oh, I'm going to go with, with Liverpool. Um, I hope so. Uh, yeah, just I'm saying this because I'm so so tired of uh, Man City. They, they're they like the Boston Red Sox where it was cute a few years back when they they hadn't won since, what, 68? And then they uh-huh. won, but now it seems they're, they're winning everything. And the second question, any rapid reactions or thoughts on the Seahawks 2019 schedule? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's uh, I like opening at home against against the Bengals. Um, uh, I think it's a fair schedule. I don't think it's it's in the, I wouldn't say it's in the top five of hardest schedules or top five and easiest schedules. I think it's it's a middling schedule. Um <laughs> I am, I am upset that we have to go to Carolina again. That's that's always a t- tough place place to play, and it's like uh, why can't why can't we play Carolina? This is the second year in a row we're going out to Carolina and Carolina. Like, yeah, I do like that we have five five games on prime time, so that's that's going to be fun. Um, I'm expecting big things. Just cursory look at the schedule. Um, where where the Seahawks are at, I'm expecting I'm expecting a 10-11 win season. Of course, it's it's April, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking looking at the Bengals and hopefully, work permitting, we'll make a trek out to see opening day against the Bengals. Wow, that would be awesome. Yes, I like it. Maybe we'll do a podcast from CenturyLink. Wow. KNA Sports Picks comes home. That's right. Yeah. I definitely like the way the Cowboys season starts. I think when it came out, you texted me that they could start 3-0, and I certainly think that's true. Also, have some games against the New York Jets. No offense, I think that will be a good win, too. But the, the part of the schedule that makes me nervous is they close out the year towards the end of, of the year. They have this four or five game gauntlet where it's at New England. They hold their home against Buffalo. That shouldn't be as bad because at Chicago is hosting the LA Rams and at Philadelphia. I think at, those could be some tough games that in is... there. So, so that's coming right at the end of, of the year. So that makes me a bit nervous, but Hopefully they can get off to a good start and win the game they need to win at the beginning of the year because I think realistically they might go three or two or two or three during that stretch. It's going to be a battle between the Cowboys Cowboys and the Eagles. Well, we hadn't talked about the Redskins. They might be one of those teams that need a, yeah. need a quarterback with um, a Smith's injury. 
Um, but I, I'm a little nervous if I'm an Eagles fan because Wentz is, has been injured two of the last seasons with Foles yeah. coming in, and now Foles is, is not um, in the fold. So um, I never, never want to see an injury. Hopefully Wentz is healthy. But he doesn't play that well, and the Cowboys Cowboys can win the division again. All right. Well, I think that's it for me for All right. for sports thoughts. Yep, and uh, I think uh, for our next podcast, I got to start looking at the Kentucky Derby. That's on the bucket oh, yeah. list, as well as going to the link is is going to Kentucky Derby. All, All right. right, we have some good listener questions. Uh, all right. This year, this one is from uh, Giselle in Foxborough. Uh, she wants to know when Tom Brady is going to retire and stay home and and help raising um, the Brady clan. That's a great question, Giselle. Um, I don't know. He just he is. I mean, most other quarterbacks, I think you go out, you win your sixth Super Bowl, you know, you set the record for most Super Bowls won by any quarterback, probably a record that I don't know if we're ever going to see another quarterback win six uh, Super Bowls. You'd figure most would want to go out after that Super Bowl, but he just has this, this drive and this competitive streak that I have not seen, and I think he is going to go as long as his body will let him. Um, but I think realistically, I say we have two more years of Brady. Yeah, I like it. I yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think that he is going to, you know, just say, "Okay, I'm at the top of my game. I'm quitting." He's probably one of those athletes. He's so driven that he's he's convinced, no matter how old he is, that he can get the job done. I mean, we hadn't talked much at all about the the Patriots in the draft. It's a I could see them uh, moving up. If one of the quarterbacks, um, it won't be Murray or, or Haskins, but if there's another quarterback that they like, I can see them you know, maybe moving up um, up in the first round, um, getting in the air and parent. Or I wouldn't also be surprised if, if they really like a, a Josh Rosen to, to make a trade with with the Cardinals for, for Rosen, but you know, they, they have got to start planning is their, their window Brady's window. is like you said, probably two years. So they've, they've, they've got to make a, a plan to, um, to bring in the heir apparent. So that's what we think, Giselle. That's what I think. Well, I, what if, I do not pity the quarterback that follows Tom Brady in New England because that is a tough job. Yeah, it's like the quarterbacks that followed Troy Aikman in, in Dallas. It, it took a while yeah. and finally found Romo. But you guys went through Quincy Carter. Uh, the great Quincy Carter. <laughs> uh, quite a couple of quarterbacks that failed. Hey, yeah, I think you – someone uh, – Someone sent you a question, I think. Yes, we have George from Westeros. He said that Game of Thrones, he's become quite wealthy from that 
TV show, but he heard that his friend Jeff Bezos from Amazon said that he wants Amazon streaming to create the next Game of Thrones. And that comes on the heels of we have Disney announcing a streaming service. We have uh, Apple um, and all these streaming um, services. So the question is, will there ever be a TV show like Game of Thrones that everyone watches and talks about? Or are we heading to where there's a thousand different TV shows and no one um, well, watches the same one? Can a TV show capture the imagination like Game of Thrones or has streaming kind of made that obsolete? Ooh, good question. Good question, George. Um, George is a Jets fan, I think, too. Yeah, uh, I think he's a Giants fan. Oh, okay. Okay, I knew he uh, would... He had a lot of tweets kind of um, talking about football. But, yeah, George, what I would say um, is that I, I never want to say never... But yeah, it's, that's the way the industry is going. It's, it's very segmented and frag, fragmented. And um, we have, uh, as a society with social media, our attention um, is waning. Um, so it, it seems like it's hard. It would be hard to get the whole um, society glued to in discussing one particular one particular show, so I'm I'm gonna say no that that it's just gonna be more and more fragmented. Um, with uh, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Yahoo, YouTube, um, Hulu, all these content, all the contents out there, I, I would say no. We will I would agree as well, and I think. There's going to be eventually a point where I think people will refuse to pay for another streaming service. I mean, it's like, you know, if you want to watch, you know, Netflix is $10 a month, Hulu's another 7 HBO's another 10 Apple's another 10 It gets to the point where you're paying as much as you did when you had a satellite TV. Um, I think you're going to... The market's becoming oversaturated, and I think that eventually things will come back to earth a little bit. I would agree with you that I think that kind of the traditional model of having this one show that everyone talked about at work and, and has thought about and discussed is kind of going by the wayside. Um, I think Game of Thrones might kind of mark the end of that era. It's been a good era. Oh, yeah. So we have one more question. This, right. this one is from Mary-Kate and Ashley in San Francisco. They have an Aunt Becky who may or may not have been implicated in the whole Varsity Blues scandal. And oh, no. Yes. Yes, it's, it's uh, quite distressing for Mary-Kate and Ashley. They're longtime listeners. And they want to know, what do the guys think of the whole Varsity Blues scandal? I think it's uh, it's definitely an unfortunate. Um, I think it's more. Well, the story is unfortunate. I think it more shows kind of a symptom of maybe kind of the broken whole process of college in the United States. I mean, 
you have these people paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to these schools and just how unaffordable these schools have become. And, you know, being a K&A guy, you know as much as the next guy. I love college basketball, college um, football, but just the amount of money a lot of these schools pour in to their athletic facilities and their athletic programs, and then they charge so much more tuition, and then even qualified applicants can't get in. I just think it's a broken system, and I think that hopefully this can be the beginning of kind of a conversation about ways to make college more accessible for people so that it's not just kind of becomes this bastion of, you know, where the rich elites and their children, but the, the universities, which are, you know, schools like a lot of schools like UT or UCLA are funded by taxpayers. They're supposed to be for the people of that they can become more accessible and more representative of the people that they're supposed to serve. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was, it's a disappointing story. I was extremely disappointed in some of those coaches that um, took money to to um, falsify that they were actually recruits and for that particular sport. It also hits home a little bit for me because when I was when I was a young lad, I applied to graduate school for both USC and Pepperdine. And of course, I didn't have a um, hundred thousands of dollars to get into USC, and um, I was I was turned down by USC. So I'm always a little bit bitter about about USC. I always root for UCLA and UCLA uh, USC wars. Um, so Mary Kate and Ashley, I would I would I would say that you know I I feel sorry for that your aunt has, has gotten caught up in this. But I think, like uh, you were saying, Tanner, that I think it's, it's good for society that we, we shine, a, shine a light in how much money that we're talking about, um, how crazy parents or students get to try to get in these schools. And there are a lot of good, there are a lot of good schools um, out there that aren't necessarily USC or Texas. And I think I think there's going to be there's going to be a backlash in the next four or five years at, um, that people aren't going to be willing to you know to pay or put up with the system. I think there there'll definitely definitely be a change, and um, you know some steps will be implemented to make it a more fair, equitable system. Well, I hope so. All I can say is so far, Trinity and Tulsa, our alma maters, have not been caught up in the scandal. <laughs> no, I, Tulsa's broke. So anyone out there, they want a good cause. Uh, you know, if you're looking for tax deductions for charities, University of Tulsa, go Golden Hurricane. We are broke. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a good podcast. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is a great, great time of year. And we didn't even touch on, on the Masters. Oh, um, my gosh. That's incredible. So one final prediction. So now Ti- Tiger is only a couple wins away from Jack Nicklaus's uh, historic 18 Grand Slam victories. 
Um, do you think Tiger, does he have any more majors in, in there, and can he catch Jack? Does Huck to win four to pass him, three to catch him? I don't know. I mean, I hate to say it, I don't think he's going to get there just because the golf game, I mean, there's so many great young golfers. You know, Bubba Watson, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, the Austin boy. I mean, there's just so much good talent now. Um, and Tiger, as great as he is, you know, he's, he's, he's 43, you know, so he only has realistically two or three more years to get four. And I think more to me, the Masters, his Masters win maybe felt more like kind of a capstone on his career. Um, and I think it should go down as one of the all-time great sporting achievements, you know, coming back from four back surgeries and being able to come back and win the Premier Golf Tournament at Nathan. And I think whether he gets to 18 or not, I think it's indisputable he is one of the greatest golfers of, on, of all time, you know, and I think he always will be. But I don't know if he has enough drive in him to get three or four more. That just seems a little... A little too much for him. Yeah, I would agree. I think maybe one more, but yeah, there's so much talent out there. It's 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 amazing um, how golf has changed. It's so it's so competitive. So so much talent out there. Um, well, that'll do it for the folks at at K and A. Um, all right. Thank you all. Uh, as always, send send questions, comments, feedbacks to knapicks at gmail.com. Please rate and review our podcast. It, it helps fellow sports betting enthusiasts. And we have a fellow sports better, um, professional gambler, uh, who's won 11 straight games on Jeopardy. And he's won, right. he's won over three-quarters of a million dollars. Wow. So maybe uh, we'll try to get him on the podcast at a future date. I like it. So everyone, enjoy the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time.